Let's do this. Let's talk about talk. Hey there, I'm your communication coach, Dr. Andrea Wojnicki. Please call me Andrea. Welcome to Talk About Talk. Talk About Talk is where ambitious managers catapult their careers by improving their communication skills. We focus on communication skills topics like optimizing your LinkedIn profile, online networking, and communicating with confidence. And you can access Talk About Talk across a variety of media or resources. Just choose what works for you. There's online corporate training. There's one-on-one coaching with me. There's the free weekly communication skills newsletter. And, of course, this bi-weekly podcast. Welcome to episode number 70. This is the second episode focused on rocking it in online meetings, as in video conferencing. In the previous episode, I shared a list of suggestions for how you can prepare for these online meetings. I provided important suggestions for how you can prepare your technology, prepare your physical space, and how to prepare your personal appearance, as in wearing pants, and a few other important suggestions. I also shared a checklist that you're welcome to adopt and adapt for your own personal needs. In this episode, number 70, we're focusing on how to succeed and be productive during online meetings, whether you're a participant or whether you're leading or hosting the meeting. So let's get right into this, starting with what to do during online meetings when you're acting as a participant. I'm going to take you through four things here. How to manage your audio, how to use your body language, how to strategically interrupt, and how to stay focused during this online meeting. Okay, first, how to manage your audio. Don't be that guy who starts talking and needs to be told, you're on mute. It happens in most meetings, it seems, doesn't it? It's become a cliche. And for that matter, Don't be that guy who forgets to mute himself when someone else is talking. Actually, I think that's worse, isn't it? Here's a tip. Use the space bar when you talk so you don't need to fumble with the mute settings. And also, in terms of audio, make sure you turn off loud fans and other sources of loud noises, like maybe air conditioning. For me, that means telling my family members to shush. Next, during online meetings, we need to focus on our body language. It's not that complicated, but there are a few important things to focus on. Let me start by saying this. Most of what we already know about body language in real life also prevails in a video conference call. For example, first impressions are critical. So, start with a big smile. We all crave positive human connection these days. And second, proper posture. Sit or stand up straight, feet planted on the floor. To demonstrate confidence, take up lots of space. Be expansive. To demonstrate engagement and openness, lean in and be open. So that means no crossed arms and no hunching over. Nodding and tilting your head when someone is speaking also signals engagement. Eye contact and hand gestures can make all the difference in an online meeting. Let me share a few pointers to help you out. In terms of eye contact, This takes practice, but it's really important. It's not easy or natural to look at the camera lens rather than the other person, is it? Well, that's exactly the point. We are wired to respond favorably to eye contact. So here are some pointers for you. First, and this is a really helpful one, don't worry about looking at the camera 100% of the time. When others are speaking, 
go back and forth between the camera and looking at others. You should also be watching for nonverbal cues of others, which you might miss if you're only looking at the camera. But always look at the camera when you're speaking. Got it? So you don't need to worry about looking at the camera 100% of the time, but try to always look at the camera when you're speaking. Also in terms of eye contact, you can configure your view on your screen so that the speaker's square is as close to the camera as possible. Just drag and drop the box with the speaker so the person that you want to look at is right under the camera on your screen. This way, when you look at the other person, you're looking closer to the camera, and this is a great hack. Here's another hack that's a little bit more old school. But yes, I did this for a while until I got into the habit of looking at the camera instead of the screen. Tape a note next to your camera lens with a star or maybe the words, look here, to remind yourself to look at the camera. Moving on to what to do with your hands, starting with home base. Home base for your hands when you're on stage delivering a presentation, it might be the steeple or the prism position in front of you. But what about during a Zoom call? Try keeping your hands steady on the table, not crossed and not in your lap. Then use hand gestures purposefully. Show your palms when appropriate and make the gestures intentional and slow. No jerky movements. Of course, you need to consider the camera frame. If your camera is too close, too zoomed in, you'll look like a talking head and we won't be able to see any of your hand gestures. If it's too far, we won't be able to see your facial expressions. So seek a midpoint where we can see your hands and you can effectively use them to communicate within the frame. Last point in terms of using your hands, no fidgeting and try not to touch your face or your hair. So there are some suggestions for your body language and specific pointers for eye contact and hand gestures. Moving on from nonverbal to verbal, how about strategic interruptions? A few months ago in the Talk About Talk email newsletter, I highlighted how Zoom makes it impossible to interrupt. The technology only allows one voice to be heard at a time. This is great news, right? It stops all the rude interruptions. But that said, sometimes we need to interrupt. Maybe we should call it interject. You know what I mean. Of course, we need to be very selective about how often and with whom we do this. You probably don't want to be interrupting your boss or your client. But how exactly do we get heard? Here are four ways to strategically interrupt in an online meeting. One, use body language. Go old school and physically raise your hand for all to see. Two, use the technology to virtually raise your hand. In Zoom, click participants, then raise hand. Everyone will see immediately that you want to contribute to the conversation. Three, you could also go to the chat function and start a concurrent written chat. And fourth, create a sign. Depending on the degree of formality and the norms of your group, you could hold up a physical sign that says, great point, or maybe, I have a suggestion. I've been in a few online meetings where people have blank paper and thick markers ready to go so they can write their own legible signs. Note. The words you write might appear backward to you because the Zoom default is to mirror your image. But don't worry, everyone else will see you and your sign normally. Okay, moving on. Some pointers to help you stay on task during online meetings. How to stay focused. Of course, we all need to stay away from email and social media when we're in online meetings. 
But this isn't just about avoiding distractions. This is about proactively focusing on the main points and the key people in the meeting. Here's my advice for you. And when I mentioned this recently, several people told me they were going to try this out, especially for important meetings. Before the meeting, remind yourself of two things. One, what are the main points that'll be discussed? Is there a framework or a process that's going to be referenced? And what points need to be top of mind? And two, who are the key participants in this meeting? This is particularly important if you're meeting with clients or other external stakeholders and you're less familiar with their names. Here's the hack. I like to step it up a notch by writing these main points and key names. If I'm giving an online workshop where I'm teaching a framework, I write the framework on a recipe card so it stays flat and I tape it to the outside edge of my monitor right beside the camera. That way, I stay focused on the framework, I never lose my words, and I'm looking at the camera. Aside from taping these important points next to your camera, you might also want to print the agenda and have it nearby to help you stay focused and even write out what your personal objective is for the meeting. Whatever you need to do to stay focused and remind yourself why you're there, do it. Now, let's move on to what to do when you're leading the meeting. These pointers will help you maximize interaction from other online meeting participants. In other words, you're going to get them engaged and talking. This can be a huge challenge, can't it? I mean, back to us ourselves focusing on others' meetings. Have you ever multitasked when you're supposed to be focused during an online meeting? Have you ever checked your email or your social media? Come on, be honest. And when you're in an online meeting, do you ever look at your screen and wonder whether the people with their cameras turned off are paying attention? Are they even there? And maybe you've heard of people looping videos of themselves paying attention during online meetings and classes. Meanwhile, they're in another room. Here's the thing. Active participation is critical to the success of any meeting. If active participation in the meeting isn't required, then why are we meeting? This could just be an email. And it's definitely more challenging to make people feel engaged and connected in online meetings, right? Well, I've got your back. Here are four ways to encourage engagement and interaction in online meetings. One, prepare for success. Yes, this is a common theme here, but preparation makes perfect. Two, make it as easy as possible for participants to speak up. Three, use names. And four, use interactive tools. So first, what do you do to prepare for success in your online meeting to encourage engagement and participation? Start by highlighting in the meeting invitation before the meeting starts that there's an expectation for active engagement. Be explicit about it. You can also be implicit. For example, by referring to meeting invitees as participants, not attendees. They will be participating not just listening. Then, invite only those who are necessary. The more people in attendance, the more people will feel anonymous, and that's not a good thing. It also helps to pre-issue an agenda, of course, that highlights not only what's being talked about, but why, the meeting objective. For example, teaching or informing, selling or influencing. Is this meeting set up for decision-making purposes, problem-solving purposes, or maybe you're brainstorming. People want to know why they're there. 
One last really, really important point when you're preparing for a meeting. If you have a slide deck, keep slides to a minimum. If you're not sure whether a slide is necessary, the answer is probably no. Death by PowerPoint is a thing. Okay, now that you've prepared for success, how do you make it easy for participants to speak up in your online meeting? Here's the thing. If participants feel ignored, they're going to ignore you. So engage directly with participants and make it as easy as possible for them to contribute. Logistically, at the beginning of the meeting, check in, not just on the agenda, but also on technology, audio and video. Typically, cameras should be on with audio on mute. Also, ask everyone to silence their phones and turn calendar notifications off. Then assign roles for everyone. Of course, there's the typical leader or facilitator, that's you in this instance, and the timekeeper and the minute taker. You could also assign someone to moderate the chat room, and you could also assign other advocates. This can be a really fun and productive idea. So you can assign a devil's advocate, a customer advocate, a diversity advocate, a quality advocate, an efficiency advocate, a profit advocate, an environmental advocate, and more. For larger meetings where there's not specific roles, just make sure you highlight that everyone has a role in accomplishing the meeting objective. Remember, we are participants, not attendees, and certainly no one takes the role of observer. Then, tell participants how to interject. Instruct participants how to share their ideas. For example, by using the tactics that I listed a minute ago. There's physically raising your hand, there's virtually raising your hand, there's using the chat function, which can be great for larger groups, and there's holding up a handwritten sign. Another way to encourage engagement? Start off with a bang. Once logistics are covered, share a story and get interactive. Don't wait until the end of the meeting to ask participants to weigh in with a Q&A or a survey. Research shows that meeting participants will engage more throughout the meeting when it starts with interaction. So get everyone engaged in the first few minutes. One last suggestion. You might want to record the meeting. Letting participants know that the meeting is being recorded signals the significance of the meeting and it encourages people to sit up and pay attention. On one hand, they might be a little nervous when they hear it's being recorded, but on the other hand, they certainly don't want to be caught snoozing on camera. Here's another strategy to get people talking. Actually, this works both online and offline. Leverage the power of names in your online meeting. So do you want Chris to pay attention and get involved? Well, say his name. Challenge yourself to mention as many people as possible by name during the meeting. And you don't need to cold call Chris, but do mention his name, perhaps even flatter him. I noticed yesterday that Chris was working really hard on the, or Chris's contribution to that project was invaluable. People sit up and pay attention when they hear their name. And speaking of names, there are several valid reasons why roundtable introductions are standard at the beginning of most face-to-face -face meetings. It gets people interacting. But introductions in virtual meetings can be complicated, so you might have to be creative. Depending on how many people are in attendance, you might create a slide in advance that lists all meeting participants, and then you can use this list to cue the introductions. 
You could also pre-issue a question or maybe just ask a question in real time that each person can use to introduce themselves. Something like, what room are you in in your house where you're Zooming from? Or what surprised you about working from home? Or maybe it's show and tell. Show us one of your favorite books or something else. For larger groups, you might want to ask participants to introduce themselves in the chat room while you're going through meeting logistics. Or you might split participants into subgroups of three to five people to meet separately. Then, at least participants will know a few people in the meeting. Last, in terms of names and interaction, here's a great tip. Ask participants to change their display name. So, for example, you could ask participants, what do you want to be called? Make sure that shows up underneath your square. Or you could make it a game. Ask people to include their first name and then pick a nickname or maybe their first name and then how they're feeling today on a scale of one to five. Yes, updating your display name can be a fun, interactive exercise in itself. There's Andrea, she, her, or maybe you write it phonetically. Andrea, or nicknames, Big Red. Be creative. Okay, moving on. Beyond your meeting preparation and using names, how else can you encourage active engagement in that online meeting that you're hosting? How about using interactive tools? Most obvious here? use the built-in interactive tools from the hosting platform that you're using. As the meeting host, you can pre-program various polling options with multiple choice surveys, yes-no questions, and more. You can also use the chat function. I've attended online conferences where the chat room was the best part of the event. Fast-paced, on-topic, and fun. As I said, you could also assign one of your meeting participants to monitor the chat room. If no one's engaging, they can ask questions to get the chat started. And the chat room can also be ideal for brainstorming. Aside from using what's built into your video conferencing platform, you might also introduce other interactive options. This way, your meeting participants can create beautiful word clouds, they can answer questions to create visual rankings or scales, and they can even compete in real-time quizzes and contests. Many organizations that I know use Kahoot.com. I've been using Mentimeter.com in my online workshops. It's easy and it's free. And you should see some of the gorgeous and insightful word clouds that my workshop participants have created in real time. It's pretty cool. All right, and for large meetings, if you want to encourage and enable interaction, you might create subgroups. Video conferencing platforms like Zoom and Teams have a subgroups feature built right in. You could assign a question and ask each subgroup to discuss the question in a given time period and then report back to the bigger group. Another option, share a pre-prepared slide with the question and participant names listed into subgroups. Then instruct the subgroups to discuss the question in another medium that works for your organization. Maybe it's text, maybe it's Slack, or maybe it's Zoom. Okay, that is a lot of things to consider, isn't it? Yes, I really do all of these things myself when I'm going into an important meeting or when I'm leading an online corporate workshop. And I hope this helps. Please let me know. When I'm participating in an online meeting, I think about managing my audio, focusing on my body language, how to strategically interrupt, and how to stay focused. When I'm leading an online meeting, I think about how to prepare for success, how to make it as easy as possible for participants to speak up, using names, and using interactive tools. I hope this all helps you. 
And if you think it might help your friends or colleagues, I hope you'll direct them to this episode. There's a lot to remember, but you can access the summary easily if you just go to talkabouttalk.com and click on podcasts. That's where you'll find the show notes, a printable summary, and the transcript. While you're there, I really hope you'll sign up for the Talk About Talk newsletter if you're not already. This is your chance to get free communication skills coaching from me every week in a simple to digest email. I promise, no spam and no more than once per week. Just go to talkabouttalk.com to sign up or email me directly and I'll add you to the list. You can email me anytime at andrea at talkabouttalk.com. Good luck in your online meetings. Thanks for listening and talk soon.